Welcome to our podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded. And boy, do we have a tone shift for you today. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Man, you guys, Vanderpump is just real heavy this season. Yeah, it is. And I guess up front, I and Mandy would like to give a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about suicide in a little more in-depth because that's what was in the episode. Yeah. So if this is not your jam, you can go to our notes and jump to the Bachelor section of things, which is heavy, but for different reasons and probably not as upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Bachelor episode this week was definitely a little bit more emotional and there is a shift in the tone. Yeah. Um, But it, I would, I don't think it was as heavy as Vanderpump. No. <laughs> I cried watching Vanderpump. So, and I does not cry watching The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do we, do we want to start with the news portion of Vanderpump first? I'm going to do you one better. We're going to start with our candy review. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For as much as you and I love candy, I still laugh how much we have a hard time remembering to talk about it on the podcast. Candy, candy, you guys. Candy, candy, We're remembering. <laughs> I even created that little candy jingle so that it can come in all cute. <laughs> and then we promptly failed to yeah. talk about the candy. So without further ado, what do we have this week? Um, this week we're reviewing a candy bar called Bubba Lubba. Or it could be Boo Boo Boo. I don't know Ooh. actually how it's pronounced. Wait, say that. Boo Boo Boo. Boo 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 or Bubba Lubba. I mean, Boo 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 <laughs> sounds much better to me. So we're gonna go with that. Okay. So it's like it's a chocolate covered candy bar with a marshmallow filling and then a layer of strawberry jam. Yeah, I had high hopes. I'm trying to branch out more and explore different kinds of candy with different textures. And I feel like this nailed texture. Yeah. But for me, the, the jelly was too sickly sweet and like the, the, was it strawberry? It didn't really come through a strawberry. It just felt like it was taking away from the chocolate and the marshmallow, which had really nice textures. I agree. It really was too sweet. Um, I love chocolate covered marshmallows and I think that the jam just kind of, Put it over the top. Yeah. I think this did open my eyes, though, to chocolate-covered marshmallows. So I will venture forth and find something without jam and see how I feel. Because the marshmallow was really fun. And the crunchy chocolate, yeah, that was a win. So Jess and I both decided it would be a little better if it was a layer of peanut butter or salted caramel instead oh, of yeah. strawberry jam. But if you're into sickly sweet... And you want some strawberry on your marshmallow. I mean, it was worth a try. The boobalooba is for you. <laughs> boobalooba, bubalooba. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I had never seen this before. I where was like, you, is this like an international candy? Where did you get it? I think I just got it at Smith's. Oh, okay, cool. That's Kroger. Also, you guys, Easter candy season is upon us. Oh, I love Easter candy. It's going to be good. So if there's any new Easter candies, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're on top of that. Talk about it. All right. Um, so something that was all over social media was a snippet from this New York Times article featuring Tom Sandoval. Yeah, you sent that to me and I I laughed out loud, but not necessarily because it's funny, but just like it's ridiculous. The absurdity of it. Yeah, Sometimes you just laugh because you're like, this can't I don't know. I didn't have another emotion to emote other than a laugh. It was 
just wild. I even heard about it before I read the quote. Um, Noah sent me the quote. But I did hear that Tom Sandoval was comparing himself to like the O.J. Simpson trial and then George Floyd. And I was like, what? And then I read the actual quote and showed it to Joe. And Joe doesn't give a shit about Vanderpump rules, but he even was incredulous that like, yeah, that he read what he just read. Well, I mean, first off, O.J. and George Floyd are not the combo that he thinks it is. Right. Um, O.J. wrote a book about how he would murder somebody if he had murdered somebody. Um, George Floyd got choked out by a cop. Yeah. So mm, I think, okay, first I'm going to read the quote. Just, okay. yep, yep, yep. So the quote says, I'm not a pop culture historian, really, but I witnessed the OJ Simpson thing and George Floyd and all these big things, which is really weird to compare this to that, I think. But do you think in a weird way, it's a little bit the same? It's not even a little bit the same. It's so far from the same. It can't even be, Mm. Yeah, I will admit that when I read this quote, I heard it in San- Tom Sandoval's voice in my head, uh, which I was also a little disturbed by. But I think what he's trying to say is that it was like so widely covered in the news. But even then, that's not true because everyone knows who O.J. Simpson is and everyone knows who George Floyd is. A lot of people still don't know who the fuck Tom Sandoval is. So first of all, the fact that he thinks he's on that level in the media is delusional, delusional and laughable. But then also there's so there's so many problematic things with this comparison. Yeah. Like, I mean, the most obvious one is clearly the the racial element to this. Like, my God, Tom, you are a white dude on a reality TV show with a lot of money and a lot of privilege. Like, get out of yeah, here. Like, Shut the fuck up and sit on down, <laughs> son. I'm, we're done. Like, I, the amount of, I didn't have any respect for Tom. No. But it, it's like negative now. It's negative. It's real deep. <laughs> I appreciate you sort of contextualizing it. And I know you're by no means defending what Tom is saying, but I think this is so funny. Like, Tom is so stupid. No, he is. And like his inability to think critically is a huge problem here. But then also, I think you're exactly right. What he was trying to get at was sort of like how widely talked about this thing was. And it's like he just missed every mark. And I will say for reality television, it was so widely talked about. Like as far as reality television goes, it was extreme. But the the thing is, is reality television is still such a niche in pop culture that it's like a drop in a bucket. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not like something that happened at the Super Bowl that's like nationwide. You know what I mean? There's there's levels. And even though to him it was all consuming and to us who eat the shit up, it was all consuming. A lot of people still don't understand what it is or who it is or why they care about it or why it's on CNN or whatever. Yeah. No. And well, and case in point, Ariana's Lyft driver. Who oh drop yeah. her off at the house <laughs> after her and after see you next Tuesday with Katie was like, hey, I was here. You and your husband were fighting the last time I dropped you off. He had no fucking clue. Yeah, he had no idea. So I know She's that's like, a sample size of no one. no idea how many people would love to talk to him. <laughs> True. So like even that, like it just, yeah, it's not the moment that Tom Sandoval thinks it is. And it, yeah, it was big, but his inability to contextualize 
what his life is, is really upsetting. And I think that that just speaks to a bigger problem that Tom is perpetually having. But also, I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, Tom wants everyone to move on and everything, but he's still dwelling in it as well. Yeah, he like, hasn't he's moved on either to, you know, do these New York Times articles about it and talk about it in his performances like he as much as he's trashing the rest of the cast cast for monetizing off of it. He's still so immersed in his own bullshit. Yeah. And he's still choosing to be the victim of his own story. So I don't know. It's it's kind of confusing. It is. I I guess my overarching thought this whole episode was like Tom really needs to like go seek professional help and like really lie low for a while and not to her. And maybe he shouldn't be on this season of Vanderpump. Like he needs to take a step back and reflect and he's not doing that. And I think that because he's so in our face constantly it's really hard to have any sympathy for this guy in a lot of ways like i had a realization okay i think that tom thought that him going on special forces was like his mental health help Mm -hmm. like i think he went there to not only publicly be punished but also to like do something really hard and then he thought he would maybe come out the other side a different person. Yeah. You know, I do. F- Maybe one day you and I can talk about that. This prevailing notion of like exercise being therapeutic or good for your mental health. And like there are elements of that that can be true and doing hard things can definitely humble you. But there are some things where you just have to seek a professional. And I don't love this really privileged point of view that like, oh, if only you just like got outside, got some sun, went to New Zealand, got your ass kicked by Nick Vial, like you're good. Uh, No, not how it works. No, but you're right. I I think we also saw that with Tom doing the cold plunge. He's talking about how he needs to like process stuff. And I'm like, not in freezing water. Like, what are we doing? And he does have a therapist. So. I mean, and in a way, he is seeking help in that way. I guess it's just hard because it doesn't seem like from what we're seeing that that therapy is really helping him in the ways that he would benefit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's on his therapist. It could be on Tom for maybe not doing the work he should be doing outside of therapy because therapy, it's not like you just show up, talk about shit, and then like you're healed. Therapy is a lot of work. Uh, so much work. It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. Things get worse before they get better. You have to like really sit with a lot of heavy shit. I think that's such a good point is that things get worse before they get better. And too many people don't recognize that and don't know how to sit in it. And the reason it gets uncomfortable is because you're actually dealing with all the shit you've probably been pushing down for a long ass time. And so suddenly with it all at the surface, it sucks. Yeah, it's not easy it's consuming and it's heavy and it's awkward and painful and you feel stupid and oh yeah god yeah and like that is work that tom needs to do yeah he's not he's just shoving it down still um well should we get into the episode let's do it i just the first thing i'm gonna say is thank god for james's two thousand dollar pool party (laughs) bull party my god i was like this is the only fun thing that has happened yet this season i feel like it's true (laughs) two thousand dollars 
he was serving Nathan's hot dogs and some bell peppers. And I know those aren't cheap, especially like the yellow and the orange ones. But like, well, he like bought the barbecue. Oh, the barbecue. Yes. I'm like, and the towels and and all the floaties. I don't know. The whole thing to me was just kind of hilariously adorable that he like went through all of this effort to host this pool party. And honestly, even though most of us don't have two grand to drop on a pool party, it it felt more relatable as a party. I don't know. He's yeah. like, where'd the money go? <laughs> yeah, I agreed. That I, is how I often feel when I do that. I was like, wait a minute, I'm broke, and what do I have to show for it? Yeah, just I just hosted people, and all of a sudden I spent $500. Yeah, some fucking floaties and some towels that probably aren't going to survive the wash. <laughs> um, I was just grateful for that moment of like fun and levity just because of how heavy, heavy everything feels this season. Yeah, we, we like, I guess one of the big scenes is Lala and Sheena going to lisa's house before the pool party oh yeah let's do that to talk to lisa okay my god i really struggled through this conversation it made me pretty angry it did me too it really did like i i definitely had to pause and decompress while i was like and i did not expect that from vanderbump rules like uh you know lisa basically to sum up was talking to Sheena and Lala saying that Tom Sandoval is experiencing suicidal ideation and they need to be back in his corner. And they, yeah, they need to stop attacking him and consider just being his friend. Yeah. Uh, And there's some issues with this. Like, well, Lisa's coming from a place of if he were to do something, you would be regretting not making changes sooner right and i know with suicide there is oftentimes a lot of guilt but i also think it's really important when you have conversations around suicide that you acknowledge that this is an illness this is a symptom of something and you can't put the onus on people who are in a person's life like it's not it's their responsibility, but it's really not. Like, it, if if something were to happen, it's not fair to assume that guilt. Yes. And, you know, you can feel that, but I think that that's something that you need to spend time talking, again, with a therapist, with people close to you, yeah. to try and really wrap your head around that and recognize, like, going forward, you you don't need to carry that guilt, and you just try and do better in being aware, which good for Lisa. She's being aware. She's taking Tom Sandoval's admission seriously. Yeah. But what she should be doing is getting Tom into a mental health facility Mm -hmm. so that he's getting actual help from actual professionals who are not Sheena and Lala, who are not prepared for that. Unfortunately, I think Lisa is projecting hurt and guilt from her own experience with her brother onto Mm -hmm. Lala and Sheena instead of I don't know if Lisa's maybe done the work to be in a healthier place after her brother's passing and she still may have like a lot to process and heal from. And so, yeah, it's really hard to know. Yeah, I don't know. But it, I just feel like the whole thing just was really hard to watch. It, it, I felt bad for Lala and Sheena being put in that position. I felt bad for Sheena being triggered based off of her previous experience with a friend that she feels a lot of guilt from. Um I yeah, I just don't think it's their responsibility to be shouldering that for Tom Sandoval, is especially considering the nature of their friendship right now. Absolutely. And you know, 
what is that saying? The, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Like I do understand where Lisa is coming from and can everybody back off and stop piling on Tom? Yeah, probably a good time to do that. That's good information for Lala and Sheena to have. However, it's so manipulative of Lisa, regardless of intention to be putting this on them. Yes. Because Tom is not showing up and being a good friend to them. That's the thing. And so it's like there's not even a space for them to get in there and have a meaningful conversation with him anyway. So like Sheena admitted later she was confused by what she was supposed to do with that information. Yeah. Also, you know, it puts Sheena in a weird place because she's like, I don't want to lose Ariana over this. Like, I don't know if my friendship with Tom is worth that. But also. And that's valid. Yeah. But now she's feeling like she's partially responsible for Tom's mental health. Yeah. And I just have to remind everybody, Tom created this situation. And he's also not making it better. You know, it would be different if he was coming from, you know, we've said this like a thousand times. The horse has been beaten to death. But if he was coming with humility and if he was coming with apologies and taking accountability, like, I think I feel like the tone of all this would be very different. It would be very different. And I think that there would be inroads to helping him move past this coming he's coming forward with anger and he's coming forward with like frustration and he's pointing fingers and Mm -hmm. he's victimizing himself and it's really hard for people to heal and move forward and mend that bridge with tom when it doesn't seem like something that (laughs) he wants to do or they want to do well and like sheena pointed out she did reach out to tom and they're just not in a place whether by her fault or his or both they're not in a place to receive each other. I also thought it was interesting what Ariana said in the after show about like all the things Tom said about Sheena, about yeah. how they were never like, never really that close of friends and like fuck her. And I don't know. There was like a bunch of things she said that were that was super hurtful to Sheena. And she's like, why does she want to go back to that? Like yeah. he really screwed her over. I think it's important, and Lala pointed this out last episode. Tom Sandoval does not think about other people it seems like he is very unaware of the impact that he has or the weight his words carry and he is just so flippant with everybody and like yeah why no none of these people as friends have an obligation to tom right now and if lisa is worried and i think she has a right to be worried she's got to get tom legitimate help and that's not telling lala and sheena to be fucking nice yeah I'm sorry. That's so maddening to me. That's not how this works. So. Oh, yeah, that was a really hard scene to watch. That was. And my heart broke for Lala and for Sheena. Like that sucks for them. I don't know. That's a bummer. (laughs) Also, it's frustrating that the only person that Lisa is really. I mean, and I know it's an extreme circumstance because there is the suicidal thoughts and mental health aspect here. But it's frustrating watching Lisa only, like, side for Tom. Yeah. Again, in this back to that conversation that she had with Tom Schwartz, that somehow Ariana has moved on and she's fine. And it's like, it's been three months. She's not fine. She's still processing that. And, yeah, her processing might be a little bit neater and tidier than Tom's because she's practiced that. But that doesn't mean that she's not struggling. And this insistence that everybody's fine except for Tom is really just, like, how short-sighted can you be? Yeah. Yeah, I'm disappointed by that. But, you know, Lisa's always been an apologist for these guys. This is also par for the course for her. I know. And I know she's 
kind of business partners with them and that she's like built a brand around them. So unfortunately, I I don't know. I, it's hard for me to know completely where her motives are coming from. That's a really, really good point. Like, yeah, you don't want to like completely shit on people who you named a bar after. Like, does she come <laughs> like does she legitimately have an emotional investment in Tom Sandoval or is she protecting him from a business standpoint? I don't know. Maybe both. Yeah, very well. Could be a little both. She probably hasn't really even sat down to think that one through, it seems. I don't know. Maybe she has. It's not clear, though. Yeah. So. Ooh. Anyways, so then we go to the pool party and Schwartz and Lala have an interesting conversation. Oh. I. OK, first of all, side comment. I adored Lala's sunglasses. Me too. I was looking oh, at that and I was like, God. she is rocking the shit out of those. I want them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Lala kind of does like a 180. And Lala has a history of doing this in the show. She has a moment where she just like freaks the fuck out and is like crazy angry. And then like the next day she has like a completely different side to her that's like emotional and vulnerable and is like seeing able to like talk things through rationally it's very interesting it is and there were a lot of things that lala said that i was like yeah i understand where she's coming from i get this this is clear she's like working on shit (sighs) but then there was other things i know lala just like we're back to the to the other side of it by the end of the after show that lala i'm just like shut up please shut up well it's she backs ariana sorry ariana on some things and then she's you know, she's telling Schwartz, it's good that you said that to Ariana, uh, like when he brought up the ego thing. And she was like, yeah, I can kind of like see that. Or I don't know. Didn't you feel like she was kind of agreeing with Schwartz in a way? Yes, I did. And, and that I was really surprised by that. I did, too, because, like, again, Ariana has established really rigid boundaries right now. We have to keep coming back to the fact that this is only three months after Tom obliterated their nine year relationship. Yeah, she's swinging too far, but, like, that's what it's going to take for her to be able to heal and move forward. Like, that's just how that is. And I know that it's sort of messy with all the way the friends interact, but ultimately, Ariana is at the center of that bullseye of the thing that happened. (laughs) And she deserves grace and space. And Tom Schwartz is just upset, I think, that Ariana is done with his bullshit. Yeah. He doesn't like it. And tough. Tough shit, Tom. It's just interesting that Schwartz can hold Ariana accountable for dividing the group and not Tom Sandoval accountable. Yeah. And I mean, he's trying, but he's so spineless about it. (laughs) He just like, you're right. He can't commit to it. And he's not willing to really say what Tom needs to hear. I also love that the one thing Schwartz apologized for was the comment he said about her lips last season. And Lala's response to that in the after show was like, Dude, you said so many worse things. Why is that the thing that you remember saying? Like, you came after my livelihood. You came after me as a mom. (laughs) And it's like, my lips are great. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, that was really frustrating. I think that speaks to a level of, like, Tom being really misogynist in a lot of ways. Like, that that's what stuck with him was insulting her appearance as if that's the worst thing that you could say to a woman is something about how she looks. Yeah. Like, I've got news. No. That's that's not it. I mean, and I do appreciate Lala being able to hold space and kind of recognize her own projection and triggers because that's valid. And I think that that is a real part of, again, doing hard work is 
like you're not going to get it right, but you can at least get your head on straight after the fact and be like, oh, fuck, I got to I got to tone that down. And I owe some people an apology on like the way that I lashed out. I also appreciate that she said that she doesn't want to feel angry all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think post Randall, she's struggling with that and she's projecting it onto a lot of people. And she realizes it's coming from a really unhealthy place. Yep. So I. I don't know. I'm trying to give Lala grace, too, because I think we've seen Lala grow maybe the most on the cast, to be honest. Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that, especially when they did that flashback to her and James, just yeah. like shit talking everybody at whatever place they were at. When she tells and when they ask if Katie's pregnant. Yeah. And that nobody's been working on their summer bodies yeah. like you little fucking shits. You deserve to be slapped for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you are awful. But she has come a long way. So. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't know. I, I, uh, the anger thing really struck me too. I'm like, I've definitely been in that space of anger and recognizing like, this is not holding on to this isn't serving me. Right. And it is really hard to let go of. Cause that's exhausting. It, yeah. If you're angry all the time, that is so much energy that is just being drained from you constantly. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> okay. Um, James almost lights the house on fire. Yeah, um, for the record, you shut the grill. You smother the flames. You don't feed it oxygen. Yeah, James is definitely a newbie when it comes to manning the barbecue. Well, he just bought it. So, you know, yeah. that's day one. Kind of hilarious. So then we have the moment in the pool where Sheena and Lala are talking. Is it? I don't actually. Maybe Lala wasn't there, but Sheena's talking to Katie and Ariana. Yeah. About the Lisa conversation. Right. And, I mean, there's a lot of hard things about this scene. It's, again, Sheena making it about Sheena. Yep. And I know that, like, Sheena is also now dealing with, like, having to process all of those feelings about her friend that previously committed suicide on top of, like, the conversation with Lisa about Tom Sandoval, on top of, like, talking to Ariana about all of this. So that's tricky. But Sheena just has a magical way of making herself the victim in everyone's story. And I really felt that in this scene. Yeah, I I always go back to <laughs> classic, this little bullseye, like who did the thing happen to? If you're even just one layer out from that, you don't turn inwards to talk about it. You turn out. You've got a community of people. You've got other friends. You talk to them about it. Like this is not Ariana's problem to solve. And it's it's wild to me that Sheena just seems to have zero awareness around, like, who your audience is. Yeah. And Sheena has a way of romanticizing relationships with people. Yes. Uh, So she, in this scene, is talking about how Tom was, like, one of her best friends. He was an amazing friend to her. And Sheena and Tom have been friends for a long time. But in, in the sh at least the way the show has portrayed them, it's never been, like, Sheena and Tom are best friends, you know? I would say that Sheena is just as close to Tom as maybe Katie was before things fell apart. You know, yeah. they were friends because they were part of the same friend group. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like I recently watched the season where Sheena is saying that Adam is her best friend when she really just wants to be in a relationship with him. And the whole season, it's like, oh, my gosh, he's just my best friend, my best friend. And I think that we've seen a, a track record with her where she tends to. Um, romanticize these relationships or build them up to be something they're not to like justify her behavior in those dynamics. Yeah. And 
I get that Sheena is experiencing a lot. She is in a weird spot, but Ariana is not your person to complain about this too. It's she's just not. I know Ariana and, just was no bullshit. Yeah, and of course she, that I mean again, Ariana has to have the boundaries she has to have and Sheena is not respecting them at all. Go Sheena could talk to so many other people. Just yeah, not like, What are you expecting to get from Ariana? Yeah. Like this so that kind of is where I landed with that. And like Sheena is valid in all of the things that she's feeling. She is. And she deserves to have somebody show up and hear her out. It's just not that moment in the pool with Ariana. No. And Ariana did such a good job in the after show of talking about like in response to what Lisa said to yeah. um, Sheena and Lala about how if she really cared about Tom's mental health, she should help him seek professional help. And it's not Lala and Sheena's responsibility. And uh, that's a really heavy burden to put on them. And that's really, really shitty to do to them. I was like, oh, well, you're the women. You're the caretakers. You're the ones who got to go smooth this over. No, Tom needs to take accountability. Tom needs to get help. Tom wants to want help. (laughs) But he's still upset with Rachel for being in her facility so i just no this was this just sheena 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 yeah and again you're right there's a history of this there's a pattern it's not as though i understand that when people go like experience really hard times sometimes you're not your best self like that makes a lot of sense to me and i think that there is room for there to be a lot of grace but when somebody's just exhibiting the same behavior that they've always exhibited it's like Okay, but you're not growing and changing. This isn't a one. This isn't an isolated event. This is just how you always are. (laughs) And this is how Sheena always is. Yeah. So not great. I'm kind of over the Sheena show. Me too. Me too. Yeah. This whole episode, every time she's like, it's about me. It's like, oh, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. She had a couple of lines where it's like, instead of thinking about me, like me, but what about me? What about what, how I felt? Yeah. Um, couple other things. Uh, James and Lala have a conversation about sobriety. I loved that. It also made me laugh that they're like, we won't talk about this around other people. As though it's like some private conversation. Like, guys, it's on TV. Well, I think, yeah, it's definitely on TV. I think Lala wanted to have an intimate conversation with James discussing his decisions um, around being sober this time and how it was different and maybe that can come from like a really personal place or a place of like personal destruction or hurt. And so maybe she just wanted to do it one-on-one instead of the group of friends who right. No other input can't actually identify with sobriety. Yeah. That was really cool to hear James talk about that. And for him to finally recognize, like you've got to do this for you. Yeah. No amount of handholding or forcing or doing it for anybody else is going to keep you sober, but you making that choice for you is Yes, yes, that is how this goes. Very important shift. Um, It was cool to hear him kind of talk about that realization. I also think, you know, who knows if James or Allie are going to work out, but I do feel like Allie holds him accountable in a different way. She seems like less <laughs> willing to put up with the bullshit. Yeah, the fact that she took the cash yeah, and she left. left. She's like not doing this. And fair, especially again with somebody with a history of abusing alcohol. You don't stick around for that shit if they're not going to make a change. And so props to James for recognizing like he is creating a lot of his own problems with this and giving up alcohol for good. It's not a, it's not a sober curious phase. It's, it's legit. I really hope he sticks with it. 
Me too. I didn't realize he had been sober for two and a half years at one point and mm -hmm. then let that all go. Yeah, I remember when he first started dating Allie was when he first started drinking again. Ugh. That's hard, too. My heart really broke for him when he talked about the frustration, too, of like he wants to be able to handle his alcohol but just can't and that that's not something that he is capable of having a handle on. And, man, to to feel helpless in those situations and then to feel that and be like, but you know what? I can take ownership and I can I can empower myself by not drinking. Very cool. Very cool. We've seen James grow a lot, too. Also, just the way he responds to some of the things in the after show. I'm like, who are we even watching right now? I know. How is James the most reasonable person sitting amongst these three? This is wild. And when Lala's like, suck my dick, James. And he was just like, that's not very nice. Yeah. He was like picking the pillow. I was like, wow. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, that was. In the past, it would be like, suck my dick, Lala. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And instead, he just kind of like laughed it off like he was uncomfortable. And that sucks. Like that was not great. Like I do think James was not. He's really understanding where Ariana is coming from. And man, <laughs> Lala is not. Her projection is still too high, I think, because her and Ariana's situations is probably like too similar for her to be able to really understand the actual differences. She's still projecting and have like. I hope she gets there to recognize yeah. that she's wrong about a lot of this, but it makes sense that she feels this way. She's still operating, I think, from an angry place. I think she's working on it, but she's still struggling with navigating that. Yeah, and you're not going to be perfect. I think that's the other thing that's worth noting about therapy when you're actually working through something is that it doesn't get worked through in a month, two months, three months, a year. Like It takes the time it takes, and... You just got to stick with it. And there will be so many regressions and so many mistakes and you can't throw in the towel. You just have to keep showing up and remembering to do better than you did. So fingers crossed Lala gets there. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that James is the most level-headed person on this show right now is fucking, well, maybe aside from Katie, but that's like fucking wild. <laughs> it is. It really, really is how far we have come. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um. Is there anything else Vanderpump related you want to talk about? Um, no. James getting hippie previously Graham back. That's a. I, I mean, we can talk about it, but it, I feel like Rachel said everything that needed yeah. to be said, and you I, should go listen to Rachel's episode of the podcast if you want to. Um, yeah, I don't feel great about that, and don't really want to make too many comments. Yeah, I guess. I guess I'm glad that hippie is not euthanized and with a family that cares about him. Yeah, but it's complicated. It is complicated. And I think Lisa kind of exploited the dog to create a storyline. Yes. Um I don't think that's necessarily on James's shoulders. No, I don't I don't blame James for this, but it still just is not a good feeling and so hmm. Yeah, it's just kind of an icky thing. Yeah. I'm just happy to let that be. So if you want to know more about that, go listen to Rachel's podcast episode where she talks about it. Otherwise, like um Graham is now hippie and that's that. Hopefully, Hippie's doing good. Yeah. All right. Switch over to The Bachelor. The Bachelor. Whoa. I watched this episode, and we got to the end of the group date, and I was like, oh, my God. So much has happened, and I still have two one-on-ones. Yeah. I was captivated. Like, I was sucked in this whole episode. It was... 
what I want from The Bachelor. And it delivered. I feel like this is one of the first episodes I've seen where I feel really confident being like, you know what? It's worth watching. We start with Joey having an ITM moment with the camera when they first get to Montreal. And he is already kind of setting the tone for the episode where he's saying this week is going to be hard. And I'm just feeling he was coming from a place of insecurity. He He's talking about his fear of like, what if I put everything out there like I did with charity and still end up being rejected? Yeah, being met with nothing. And I think he's feeling like it's getting harder and harder for him to open up with these women. And man, and he also brought up this thing that he we saw in Charity's episode where he talks about feeling like he's always kind of, well, I'm going to describe it. It sounds like Joey has a problem with masking. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, people think that I'm this energetic, um, fun-loving guy and that I'm always like this engaging, but that's not me. And like, will someone want to be with me if I'm not that person? I'm tired of like always, you know, I know that people... I don't expect myself to be perfect, but I feel everyone else around me expects me to be perfect. Yeah, that's some heavy stuff to have to to contend with. And especially coming from a divorced family. And I mean, I'm sure there's a lot there oh, for yeah. him. That's that's oof. So, I my heart broke for him. I think Joey is an extreme people pleaser. I think that Joey is probably adapting to um support people's emotional needs around him. He probably did that for his parents Parents. through their divorce. Oh, for sure. Just took it all on. And you had messaged me that said, like, Joey needs a space to also dump all of his feelings. And the trauma dumping this episode felt heavy. I was so hyper aware of it just because I... I felt like I could almost feel Joey's energy through the screen. I know. I know. And then, you know, back to the beginning of that episode and him talking... I and your suspicion about how things end. I'm so worried that they're foreshadowing that we're just that they're like really do that. If that's I mean, I hope that Joey ended up with somebody and like maybe there's a twist that they're not showing. But if it ends the way that they're showing, that is so fucked. I know. Like that is going to crush him. I know. I know. I'm so nervous. But I also appreciate like the real and rawness of all of this of like this is a pressure cooker of a situation and there's no guarantee that it's going to work. And it's still really hard to put yourself out there and to trust that somebody will catch you if you fall in love with them. So. So, yeah, this is the tone for the episode. Everybody is really feeling their feels. Yeah. The women are. You know, it's higher stakes. The women want more time. There are stronger connections. Um, the group date was. Yeah, all the women were struggling. No, well, aside but, from Jen. Jen was. I seemed like Jen did fine. Yeah, Jen was really. She was rocking it. She was. And I feel like Rachel was really. She at least, even if she wasn't feeling it in her heart, she it seemed like she was doing okay. Like she was feeling confident about things. Well, and there not, was. I felt like Rachel really reacted to the piano moment. Oh, that's right. She did. She was like trying to have the conversation and just like could not make it happen. I feel like Rachel made the piano moment extra awkward. Uh, but yeah, so the group day, they're wandering around Montreal, um, kind of doing a little scavenger hunt. You know, they make poutine, do some random activities, and all the women are just so distracted by, you know, other women having a stronger connection with Joey or not getting the time that they want. Um, and so that the cocktail party, Man, I just felt like 
Joey just got dumped on, and all the women were like, I'm having a hard time. Joey was like, me too, but he couldn't <laughs> he say couldn't that. He couldn't say it. I know. Kelsey A. Oh, man. The way he responded to her, because she she's like, I feel like I just kind of got lost in the back, and him him saying, it's impossible for you to be lost in the back. Her eyes, man, lit up. Right? I wanted to text you in that moment when I was watching that and be like, you're absolutely right. It's got to be Kelsey A. There is no way it's not. Yeah, like, he's he like is- You're like a, a light. Yeah. Uh, he gave her a lot, a lot, a lot of validation. He there. gives her the most validation. For sure. <laughs> but it was hard because everybody came to him and just was saying how much they they are all so into him. And yeah. that's so clear. And I feel because it's like my guy, these ladies really love you. Like, I think you're going to I mean, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I hope you're OK. It feels like you should be OK. <laughs> but I yeah. And then I mean. Just kind of panicked and went to talk to him. So she tells him that she's falling for him, even though they haven't had the one on one. Yeah, that seemed super desperate. It kind of did. And I appreciate that Joey sent her home with the awareness that he hurt her the way that he had been hurt or the way that he was worried about being hurt. And I felt like that was such a a good moment because the lead gets oftentimes really caught up in like their journey and yeah. their experience and have zero concern seemingly for how this feels for the the people vying for the lead's attention. So I loved that. I'm like, ah, oh, Joey is a keeper. Like that's good that he can recognize that hurt and to send Jess home as soon as he realized that they weren't on the same page yeah. and that she was feeling more than he was. And it showed him talking to producers after she left. And he was really just wrecked with like what she did was so brave and so hard. And the fact that I sent her home after that, like he knew how how hurtful that was. Yeah, he did. I mean, I'm proud of him. I think he should have done. Yeah, that was great. The right thing. But it doesn't. The right thing is not always easy. And And he's struggling. So doing something that requires that level of like strength and directness when you're that drained. Especially when it would be so easy to turn to someone like Jess for a lot of validation and comfort Mm -hmm. when you're already fearful of being rejected. And I think that that does oftentimes happen where somebody will go along with a person who has deeper feelings for them because it is like safe. Yeah. And he didn't do that, and I admire it. It is so rare for people to be sent home on group dates. Yeah. So that was also very unexpected. Yeah. Curveball. Yep. Didn't see that coming, but also see you later, Jess. Yeah, bye. Yep. (laughs) Gone. Uh, Jen got the group date, Rose. They have a cute connection. I feel like her connection with him is very playful, and she always has a way of interacting with him. And making him feel seen in the group date. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that she she does a good job of keeping it fun and and flirty. Yeah. They seem like they are always just grinning ear to ear and enjoying themselves together. And I think a lot of that is just how infectious her warmth is. So that's good for Joey. I At this point, I don't know if I think she's somebody like seeing other people's relationships in comparison makes me feel like. Jen may not make it to the end, but like... I think Jen will be top four still. Do you? Yeah. I could see that. Especially now that Lexi's gone. Right. Yep. Yep. But I I don't know if Jen is completely the person for Joey, but it does also make me feel stronger that she would make such a fun bachelorette. Yes. Because she is just... And not that you have to be a fun, lively person. That's not 
of criteria, but it, it like, in well, this she case. she looks like a Disney princess. She's so cute, so smart, so capable, so engaging. Yeah, like she would, she makes good television. Yeah. I'm excited to watch Jen. So come on, give us a good bachelorette. Yeah. Uh, and then we move on to, well, was there anything else on the group date that you wanted to touch on? I don't think there's anything for me. Okay. Uh, the two one-on-ones this week are Kelsey T and Maria and Kelsey T goes first. Kelsey T is, she's kind of mysterious. She's so chill, but she's also like so sexy. God, I know. Joey really pegged it and he's like, this is a grown woman that has lived life and knows how to exist in her own skin. Yeah. And like, that is just, she is hot. I thought their one-on-one date activity looked so fun, but I felt terrible for Joey and how sick he got. Oh, me too, because I can feel that feeling in my head. And and that stays with you for the rest of the day if it's really bad. Right. Or, you know, you need to go lay down and then maybe you'll get over it. But I don't think Joey got an opportunity to like, well, I don't know what the time frame is between the day portion and the night portion, but I kind of doubt that he got to go get a nap in. <laughs> I was a little confused. I was wondering if they were rehearsing to be a part of a Cirque du Soleil show and then he got so sick that it just didn't happen. That's what I think happened. Okay, you picked up on that I did too. too. I was like, like, maybe there's something else they should have been doing. <laughs> I was like, I thought they were going to be in a performance of some kind. But also, the just learning to do all of that looked super fun. Yeah, and then, you know, getting the, the private silk performance. Yeah. That is a beautiful art form. People who do that are very strong. So that was that was cool. But yeah, I also got the sense that like maybe there was more to that that just didn't happen. Yeah. Poor Joey. Kelsey T's story about her father was really heavy. I know. And I feel for Kelsey T and I also really feel for Joey. I was like, God damn. He can't get a break. Especially that one. I was like, that, that is a lot. That's a lot. Um, also, if you don't come from a really religious family, it's hard to actually understand how fucked up it is. For sure. I can imagine that. Like, that... Yeah, it's unimaginable to me, but it's clear how painful a situation like that is. Yeah, and how much it would impact your trust in men or people yeah. you have close relationships with. Right, that if they could choose... That if your dad could choose a religion over you was to say that anybody wouldn't turn around and do that same thing. Like, that is a huge violation of trust, a betrayal, even. So she did post, I don't know if you caught it, her and her dad watched the episode together. And oh, I know. You can make me cry. <laughs> and they they are working on a relationship. But like she said in the episode, it's still really hard. And, like, there's a lot of years that you have to work past. So... And she also just didn't, she was unaware of how many people shared similar experiences and how they were impacted by that. And that she was really glad that she could share that and let people know that they're not alone in those circumstances. Yeah, she, man, you can tell that she has had to go through so much and she is so strong because of it. Like, she just seems like, despite all of that pain that she has so much self-awareness and the fact that she is open to a relationship with her dad after all of that. Um, also, thank goodness her dad is putting forth the effort now. to do that now. Yeah. I don't know what stops people from doing that. If it's just shame of your past mistakes or just not really knowing what to do, but props to her dad for just doing the hard work and showing up now 
that really does go a long way. Yeah, because he has to regain her trust. Mm -hmm. So if he's willing to show up and work on it, that's I'm really happy for both of them. Me too. I thought that was I'm glad that I caught that and that that was how that ended for her and that it wasn't a flaming ball of worse. Do you see Kelsey T in the final four? He is really into her. She's and she's stunning. Yeah. And like with good fucking reason. Yeah. She also just seems like somebody who I don't know. She's a partner you would want. She has this quiet confidence that kind of just puts you at ease. Yeah. She's my my hot take here. I don't know if Joey is at the level that she's at. I think that's fair. I don't. I think she would make an incredible partner, but I think she deserves somebody that can show up with that same level of intensity and care. And Joey's great. And I'm not saying that Joey isn't a lot of good things, but I just think that he might be a little younger on the lived life version of things. And comparatively, maybe has a little bit more work to do on himself. Yeah, I think so. And I don't know. I mean, if this is Kelsey T's person and they end up together, I would not be sad about that. But just, I think she, I don't know. She seems like maybe she needs a little bit more of a stronger presence to show up for her, too. Yeah. She can't be the only one doing that work. So (laughs) we'll see. We'll see. But damn, I like them together, though. They are. They're also fun and just easy to watch. It's like there's so much just good comfort here. (laughs) Also, her hair was amazing. Those curls. Yeah. So cute. All right. Maria. (sighs) Queen. Fucking Maria. I am so smitten. She is just a joy to watch. She is. She is so fun. By the way, somebody found the newspaper article from that car accident and looking at that car that got smashed by the cement truck. Fuck me. That. I don't even know. That's intense. You should Google it if you're interested. But like the fact that her and her mom survived, that is nothing short of a miracle. Oh, my God. So, like, it also makes a lot of sense to me why she centers herself the way that she does in, you know, really trying to be joyful. And I know that we could, like, get into toxic positivity and all of that. But, like, damn. I also think it makes a lot of sense that she was mostly raised by men figures and how that has kind of impacted the way she's able to create relationships with women. Yeah. Like, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Also, the fact that she's got an extreme amount of confidence, which I wish women could raise women to be confident the way wow, yeah, that Maria that's a great is. Point. Like, come on. Like, we let's all be confident and make an example for the girls yeah. that are younger than us, because I love, 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 love her confidence. And I wish that more women could be that way for themselves. So the way that Maria and Joey flirt is so good. Oh, like, I feel like sexy. he's more relaxed around her. Yes. He kind of just lets her take the wheel and he's just following her around. Wait, the way he laughed at the way that she was like, Joey. <laughs> he's like, why do you say it like that? And they're just like genuine it is so, laughter. It's like, like casual flirting. It is. And there's, they've got such good chemistry. Je t'aime. I know. And he <laughs> would say it and she would laugh. And Wait, what does that mean? Yeah, and she refused to tell him. But man, that's so cute. It was so cute, and the pretty woman date was, as you pointed out, subdued. And I didn't think it was as over the top. 
which is good. Like she didn't come back with what I was worried about. Oh my God. Because I was like, they gave Maria the shopping date to make her come home with like bags of shit and create more drama in the house. I thought they were going to paint a bigger target on target on her back by making women more jealous of her because she got the pretty women date. Absolutely. Um, I was really glad that didn't happen. Yeah. We never even saw her come back and have to face the women and admit that she had the pretty woman date, which hopefully means that, Nothing went down. Yeah. Or she's getting an incredible edit. Bachelorette edit. I mean, I'm also here for that. I think there are a lot of women in this season that deserve to be Bachelorette. And if we just pluck from this season for the next little while, I'm good. (laughs) Same. So. Yeah. I When the date started, I thought it was very calculated and I was scared. I was like, oh, no, the women are going to hate her now. But it it didn't happen. No, it was fine. Um, I love the dress that she picked out. That dress, that green. It made her look ethereal. Her and Joey both. Yeah, they are so hot yeah, together. They're a pretty ass couple. They are. I, yeah, I I like them together. I don't know if there was much about their date other than like they just have. They're fun to watch. They are fun to watch. Lots of chemistry. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was wrong. I thought Maria self-eliminated, but Lexi self-eliminated. So I'm interested to see how far Maria goes now because I could see her in top four. Yeah, absolutely. I could, too. That really took me by surprise. Can we talk about Lexi for a minute? Yeah, there's a lot to unwrap there. There is. I have, like, waffled back and forth on how I feel about this. And, like, so so Lexi decides to... She, She eliminates because after talking with Joey... And getting a sense of his timeline, she's feeling like with her stage five endometriosis, she's not on the same timeline. She really wants a fast engagement, a quick marriage, and right into kids all within like a two-year time span. I was a little frustrated with both of them in that conversation. I was frustrated that Joey didn't ask her what her timeline was. And I was frustrated that if she was feeling that doubt or like had more questions about the timeline that she didn't say like, oh... Well, because of my endometriosis, like I'm kind of in this position. And so like have yeah. it be more of a dialogue instead of just, Joey, what's your timeline? Because oh, you're the bachelor. That doesn't work for me. Bye. Yeah. And I oh and I obviously I just off the top, like I don't know what it's like to be in Lexi's situation. So with that caveat, it's still wild to me that if she really felt strongly about Joey, that she would walk away from Joey in hopes of finding somebody else that she had a strong connection with and that would also be willing to be on such a short timeline for kids. It just, I, I hate the prioritization of biological families when I think that there are a lot of ways to build a family. And I, for, for Lexi's well-being, I wish that that was something that could be internalized a little more rather than feeling like you have to sacrifice on who your partner is because of the, like, the extreme need for biological children and not like, and not as a judgment to her, but just sort of like a sadness of like, man, I wish she could, I just wish it could be different. Yeah. I wish that for her too. I don't, it is hard when it's like when you're feeling that pressure and wanting that so bad because it's, you know, hopefully she doesn't jeopardize a healthy relationship for the sake of having children. Yes, But on the other side of it, like, you know, I watched my mom do in vitro. I've, I'm very aware of like what that is when someone really wants kids and can't have them. And so, you know, if it's that important to people, then I also think she has the right to prioritize it if that's what she wants. Absolutely. It just, it's a lot. That's a heavy situation. And I think, 
you're absolutely right. It would have been nice to see them really break that conversation down more and really flesh things out. Because like Joey said, he's willing to reconsider depending on the person. I don't know. He didn't really fight to keep her there, though. He didn't. And I was surprised because then he seemed like so upset that she left. And I guess that I just have to chalk that up to she represented his fear, insecurity, insecurity, not that Lexi herself left and that if he really felt like she could be the one, maybe he would have gone to bat. And similarly for Lexi, maybe for her, this was also just like, hey, you know what? Joey's great, but like not on this timeline. This isn't somebody that I'm willing to bend for. And so for, you know, at the end, neither they weren't each other's person. I know. And when he said that he could see her as his wife, or I don't know, he made some comment mm-hmm. like that. Sometimes this happens when people self-eliminate where the leads like make these statements that it's like, did you though? Or are you just saying this because that's good TV? Um, I just felt like when she went to say goodbye, if Joey had really strong fe- strong feelings for her, he could have talked to her more about her timeline and asked her questions and seeing if they could compromise and figure something out. Yeah. And I didn't, I kind of felt like he, he heard her and was like, you know, I respect that and I'm sad to see you go, but bye. It was kind of bizarre. It was. It was. Oh, that was heavy. And part of me is really glad that we got to see a conversation like this, because I do think these are the conversations people need to be having on this show. Like, let's get down to fucking brass tacks. Like, where are you at with things? Yeah, because that matters. Children are such a huge thing that like it's so good to make sure you're on the same page. It really is. So props to Lexi for bringing this up and then also, you know, defending herself and for Joey being able to articulate like, hey, here's where I'm at in this. Like, it was cool to see, even if it was really heavy and sad. Yeah. I I think one of my biggest critiques of the episode was like before the final. Sorry, I'm transitioning to the final rose ceremony. Let's do it. I'm ready. Um. So Joey kind of comes out and he says like how hard this week has been for him and how he's feeling. And in response, a lot of the women went out of their way to like build him up and tell them how they felt about him. Yeah. But what I was hoping to see was instead of just being like, oh, Joey, you're amazing. Like I'm falling for you. Blah. I wanted the women to give Joey space and be like, like, do you want to talk about this? Like, do you want to tell me what's going on? Like, are you okay? Yeah. I, I was just like, why will no one hold space for Joey? Right. Joey deserves <laughs> it. It is a weird instance of role reversal where the lead really is having to take the back seat to all of the women. And he really does need space to be heard in all of this because he is the other half of the relationship. And so it's wild, wild that no one did just that of like, hey, my guy. You're struggling. Lay it on me. What do you got? Like, I, I'm i going to hold space for you right now. This is about you. Because also, that would be a really good way to build a connection, too. Yes. Like, aside from the human decency aspect of it, there's also the gamification of this yeah, whole thing. And be like, there. Yeah. Show up for the lead when he needs you to show up for him. And no one did. And that maybe and maybe we didn't see it. And maybe yeah. that maybe they edit out a lot of the stuff about Joey so that he remains somebody that we can project a certain ideal onto. And, and he's not offensive. That with the leads. Right. So I guess it's possible that they're having these conversations. But like, I personally want to see them. I but I also feel like if they were having these conversations that Joey wouldn't be struggling as much as he is. That's a very good point because he really does it. It screams he's 
doing this whole balancing act of like divorced parents of like, hey, I'm just going to be here for everybody and I'm going to be this happy guy and it's going to be okay. And I will also say that as a people pleaser and an empath that you absorb that shit. So when people are telling him these traumas, Joey is taking on those emotions. Right. He's not he's not going home and like putting it in a vault and never thinking about it again. Like he's carrying that with him into every rose ceremony and every interaction like that's draining hugely and this is some heavy ass stuff kelsey's mom died maria's mom left her kelsey t's dad kicked her out because of religion like endometriosis preventing you potentially from having children yeah that's a lot fuck that is like so much this goes beyond just like yeah my boyfriend when we were in our 20s cheated on me which is traumatic but like we're getting into some like real world nitty-gritty shit that is not easily just brushed off and he's invested in these women and their you know their traumas and their history and their emotions and and balancing all of that and i think a lot of leads especially male leads in the past you can tell when they respond to you know women sharing you know their trauma dumping stories that they're like oh i'm sorry but then it kind of is like water off a duck's back they're not like really absorbing all of that right but i was joey i feel like it's very different and i feel like that's contributing to him like starting to break down yeah, I would agree with that completely. I I think it's really clear in his responses that he is taking a lot of this on. So well, let's hope that Joey gets the hug that he needs and space to to really let all of this out and the acknowledgement that he's in a really tough spot. Ugh, I think as we're ramping up, it's going to get heavy. I know. And it, it actually is the turning point, right? Because yeah. this episode six. Mm-hmm. So like we're here. We're to the point where things stop being jovial and fun and here we are. At least it feels like, I mean, aside from Joey feeling unheard, which is a really big caveat, I admit, but at least there's other redeeming factors about the show at this point that I feel like we haven't gotten in previous seasons. Yeah. So I have, yeah, I really have no idea what happens. Me either. And they keep teasing it. And I'm like, wow, I am hooked. I am, I'm going to write it to the end. What is even going to happen? Yeah. I guess we know Daisy gets another one-on-one in Jasper. Whoa, two one-on-ones. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, and we said goodbye to Caitlin Leah and Caitlin. I mean, bye, Leah. But I, I shout out to our nerdy queen, Caitlin. Yeah. I feel for her too because I find her response so relatable of like her admitting that she just couldn't be herself in that situation. And like, I can't imagine that I would have any ability to be myself either. Like, that's just that is not a space that some people thrive. And I feel like she would. She probably is a really incredible human outside of the the circumstances of The Bachelor. <laughs> Despite that, I felt like she was very unique and genuine in her own way. She and was. I, she was a joy to watch. She was. I loved her outfit choices. I think she was great with all of the other women. She was good with Joey. Just like, I hope we see more of Caitlyn. Yeah, you know, I hope she's on Paradise, if there's a Paradise. There better be a Paradise. Or something. Yes. Well, you got anything else? Um, I don't think so. That's it. It was a ride. Thanks yeah. for talking all that out with me. And thank you, everybody, for, for listening and for sticking around. We're so, so grateful. Yeah. I don't. I feel like VPR is just going to get heavier and The Bachelor is going to get heavier. So we better saddle up because we got a rocky road ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. Please rate and review. Um, we appreciate our, all of our listeners so much. Yep, and we'll see you guys next time. Okay, love you, bye. Bye. 
Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Mandy Booth and Jessica Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Jupiter Daywatch. Graphic designer is Pigeon House.